Hello and welcome to the Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm your host, Randy, and here in this cafe, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to all things crypto, NFTs, and Web3. I'm really excited about today's guest. Amanda Cassett is the CEO of Serotonin, a top Web3 marketing firm. Amanda is also the president of Mojito, the first venture to spin out of Serotonin and author of an upcoming book, about Web3 marketing. So uh, we're here with a real expert in this up and coming and exciting industry. Amanda, it's such a delight to have you here in the Crypto Cafe. Thanks for having me in the cafe, Randy. Excited to be here. Yes. Okay. We have so much to talk about today. But first, if we were actually together in a cafe, which I wish we were instead of us separated by Zoom and microphones, uh, what would we be drinking and enjoying in the cafe together? Well, I think they might be annoyed at my hogging a table this long because the truth is I'm drinking water right now. <laughs> <laughs> the he- So healthy as I sit here chugging my like third uh, bucket of, of black coffee today. Um, so Amanda, I'd love to hear what was your aha moment of getting into Web3? Uh, I mean, you've had you've had a, an exciting journey in marketing in your career. But so why Web3 and why why now? So I started contributing to the Ethereum project before it was called Web3 Mm -hmm. in 2015. And before that, I had worked in online media at the Huffington Post, where I realized that the model for how creators were getting paid for their work online was broken. And I didn't feel that was the fault of any particular company so much as all of the different Web2 companies following their incentives, which led toward this path that really locked uh, creators out of value flows. And so I thought that the solution would be to change the underlying incentive system so that creators could better get remunerated for their work online. At first, I left HuffPost and started a startup called Slant which was decentralized media before that was really possible technology-wise. And we were paying out creators 70% of the advertising revenue that we served across their content and taking home 30%. And we taught a lot of creators how to build and market content online. But we had a big problem, which is that when we paid those creators, we were often not only splitting the dollar, but splitting the cent and paying out transaction fees to third-party payment processors made our business model, which made logical sense, not make as much practical sense. And so I got really obsessed with payments around 2014, 2015, and stumbled upon one of the first Ethereum meetups in New York because of that interest in payments where I was fortunate enough to meet some of the original um, contributors to the Ethereum team. And a light bulb went off in my mind. Not only does this solve the problem that my startup is having, it solves so many other kinds of problems uh, related to creator compensation, the double spend problem, intermediation online. And I realized I needed to drop everything as soon as I could and join the circus. So that was my aha moment. I wasn't uh, a computer scientist or a developer, but I could see um, even though I couldn't diligence the tech myself, I could diligence the people. And I noticed that these were some of the most brilliant people I'd ever met 
that were attracted to the early Ethereum community. It's exciting. I mean, wow, you're so ahead of the times and ahead of the game. I'm just, if we can kind of go back to 2015 for a second together, what did people think when you said you worked with Ethereum? Like, at least today, people might still kind of like roll our, their eyes at us when we say we work in something related to crypto or Web3, but at least they know what it is. Like in 2015, uh, people didn't even know what Ethereum was yet. So what what were those conversations like? Well, they knew what Bitcoin was. Um, and Bitcoin was linked to the Silk Road case, which happened a few years prior. And so Bitcoin was linked in people's minds to um, online payments for <laughs> illicit goods. And so the idea of a computing platform that leveraged digital currency was a step on top of something that already had kind of a mixed perception among generalists. And it was a step in a confusing direction. I think in order to understand Bitcoin, you need to understand something about economics. But in order to understand Ethereum, you need to really understand it, understand the value proposition um, thoroughly. You have to know something about computers and computer science. Uh, and that was definitely a barrier to getting the word out about Ethereum that was a bit higher um, than the barrier to entry for talking about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the, the environment when I started uh, working on, uh, on Ethereum. I joined Consensus as chief marketing officer and was able to build the first Web3 marketing team there. Um, and our first goal was actually to get the word out about Ethereum, explain what it was, get it into the popular consciousness. When I first joined, um, the community was fairly small, very academic, very focused on um, computer science, a lot of developers, not a lot beyond that. And I think through the strategies that we employed, we were able to grow that brand and grow that community a significant amount and launch some really successful products. Absolutely. I mean, what an exciting role to to bring Ethereum to market through consensus. Uh, I'm curious, what what were some of the, the the strategies that you used there? Because you didn't have anyone to turn to for guidance on how to be a Web3 CMO. Uh, you were really blazing that trail. So what did you find that, that worked as you built the marketing team and brought it to market? And, and what did you find that wasn't working as well? Right. So the first thing I figured out is that Web2 style marketing strategies just don't make sense in Web3. Web2 marketing is really an arbitrage between the cost to acquire a customer and the lifetime value of that customer. And that arbitrage happens on third-party platforms like Google Ads, like the Meta platforms, business suites. And so you're constantly paying out to a third-party provider in order to keep that flywheel going to continue reaching your own audiences, to continue um, bringing in revenue. In Web3, it's really about building an incentive-aligned community. At the core, Web3 is a substrate for building incentive alignments. And then Web3 marketing is really about making the connection between individuals, um, potential users, and products or communities that they would join or use if they only knew about them 
and solving the zero to one problem of plugging them into those incentive systems. And then over time, handing them the wheel to based on those incentives, both extrinsic and intrinsic, continue to grow those projects. And so for us, it wasn't about um, building some giant centralized comms department uniquely authorized to control the message around Ethereum. That would have been ludicrous. It's more a bottoms up effort to figure out what the community is doing organically and naturally and blow oxygen on those things to grow the fires. Just to give you an example, um, there started to be Ethereum meetups springing up in cities around the world around that time. Not only cities like San Francisco and New York, but also uh, places like Buenos Aires and Istanbul with people stepping up individually to become Ethereum organizers. And so what we decided to do was organize the organizers and provide them standard resources like logos and decks uh, so they could professionalize their meetup groups. We linked them up to each other so they could share best practices. We provided them with some sponsorship money, not a ton, but just enough to have beer and pizza or whatever culturally relevant form of that uh, they had in their market. And then we curated a rotating uh, cast of new projects that would basically go on tour on a roadshow presenting their new projects to all of these different meetup groups, getting users, getting feedback. And so these groups would always have fresh content. Mm. So instead of instead of saying, this is the message, this is how we market this, we got curious about what was going on organically in the community. And we blew oxygen on those efforts and doubled down on them. Really interesting. Talk to me now about uh, what's going on at Serotonin, um, uh, the founding story, and, and you, you started to spin projects out of Serotonin. So tell me everything. Yeah, absolutely. So after about four years um, as CMO at Consensus, helping bring Ethereum to market, as well as working on brands like MetaMask and Fura, Truffle, and also, of course, tons of things that didn't work <laughs> and learned as much from those as from some of the successes. Um, my teammates and I, who have been working with some now for seven years, decided we wanted to bring the lessons and best practices from that time to the next generation of companies and projects building L1s, L2s, Web3 utilities, DAOs, DeFi, NFTs. And so around 2019, started doing the work that became Serotonin. Um, many of my teammates from that original Web3 marketing team came along. Um, we quickly grew to become, I think, think the largest Web3, certainly the largest Web3 native marketing firm. Um, and marketing is still the largest kind of core of our services offering. But we've expanded since then to offer recruiting and also Web2 to Web3 business transformation where we've worked with brands the size and scale of Sotheby's on mm. helping them plug into Web3 in a Web3 native way. And over this time, we, we, we've grown a ton. The whole Starroverse <laughs> is now over 100 people. And we work with many of the leading brands and projects in this space. You can go to serotonin, spelled like the neurotransmitter.co and check out the list of projects we've worked with there. Um, but basically, after becoming pretty pretty large, we decided to start investing our profits 
in building software companies. We have so much surface area working with all of these brands and projects and learning what's missing in the market that we decided we'd start building to fill those gaps. So the first thing we decided to build was Mojito. In 2021, we noticed that a lot of brands wanted to start selling NFTs in a real e-commerce style. So they didn't want to sell using a third-party marketplace. They wanted to sell just like they sell their own their other products on their own owned website and have analytics, be able to control the brand, control the experience, top to bottom. So we built Mojito as that e-commerce suite for uh, companies to sell NFTs on their own owned websites. And it now powers all of the sales for Sotheby's, Sotheby's Metaverse, their NFT site, um, as well as CAA, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, many, many others. Um, and then our second product spin out was actually this past year. It's called Franklin, and you can check it out at hellofranklin.co. And it's integrated um, cash and crypto payments so that Web3 startups can pay their teams using the crypto in their treasuries in a tax compliant way. So basically rebuilding a JustWorks or a Gusto, but on crypto native rails. Mm -hmm. um, we're probably going to continue doing this, basically investing our profits in building tech companies, raising venture capital into them, spinning them out. It's very cool for our business because we get to put um, software company equity on the books of what's essentially a services business, which makes us a competitive employer to software companies in bringing in the best marketers, the best recruiters, the best business people, because we have that scalable software company equity incentive. It's really exciting. Um, so, since you're so ahead of the game, I'm curious, like, what are you interested in now? What are you reading about? What's capturing your attention? Because if if you're thinking about it now, the rest of us are going to be thinking about it in a few years. So uh, what what's on your brain? Delighted to share this. So Web3 Social is really interesting to me. I have my eyes on Lens Protocol. I'm looking at a bunch of messengers. Web2 was really all about communications and Web3 has started a priori with value, but I think we're going to need to communicate with each other in a way that programs in value, that programs in reputation. So I think that layer is really coming next. I'm excited about it, especially in kind of a flat crypto market moment, because the demand for something like social or portable social or social where you can build reputation doesn't depend on crypto market performance. I think that's a need that would exist regardless. So it's something that can thrive in a variety of market conditions. I'm excited about bringing real world assets on chain. I think we're going to see a lot more of that happening. I'm excited about real estate use cases there, luxury goods use cases. In terms of NFTs, I think we're going to see a lot of membership, loyalty, rewards programs moving over to Web3. Um, I think it's a great use case. It's also not correlated necessarily with crypto market conditions because the demand for a given membership or a given product is based on what that product is rather than based on market conditions. And finally, um, I'm really excited about the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm. I've spent a lot of time thinking about Ethereum, all of the different types of tokens that are being built on Ethereum. We also work with, uh, with Polygon, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about 
how layer two on top of Ethereum looks. And I'm super bullish on that. Um, but Cosmos has captured my attention lately and I, I can kind of double down on, on why. Cosmos has been around a while, but there's this whole concept in the space of the fight over layer one or AKA the protocol wars where lots of different platforms are trying to get developers and users and enterprises to build on their layer one platform. So Ethereum is an example of an L1 platform. Um, there are a number of other examples, Solana, Avalanche, et cetera. Um, but a lot of the VCs investing in the space saw how well Ethereum performed, wanted to, they realized that value could be captured at the protocol layer. So they wanted to invest in competing layer one protocols. But now that they're actually users in applications in Web3, um, now it's starting to be clear to investors that there's value to be captured at the application layer as well. Um, and so suddenly that makes Cosmos more interesting. The whole Cosmos concept is that instead of competing layer one protocols, you just have customizable app chains so that every application basically has its own custom layer one protocol and they share a consensus mechanism and they share security features. And so it totally flips this idea and says the value is going to accrue at the application layer more than necessarily at the protocol layer. And in a world where we're starting to see applications with real use and with real users, that thesis of app chains is suddenly more interesting and convincing. And I'm starting to see some of some of the sort of brilliant, cutting edge, forward thinking people that I first met in the Ethereum community in 2015 starting to converge around Cosmos and some of the ideas in that space. Exciting. Well, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes on that then as, as a trend. Um, in our final few minutes together, I'd love to hear about your book that's coming out uh, on Web3 Marketing. Absolutely. So um, it's coming out on April 4th, 2023. I can't believe how soon that is. Um, I had an editor from Wiley reach out to me last year saying, we're going to acquire a book on Web3 Marketing. And the message was basically, if you don't want to write it, we'll find someone else to because we want to publish a book on this. And I thought, wow, I've uh, spent the past seven years thinking about Web3 Marketing. I would really like to be the person to write this. I guess this is the final kick in the pants that I need to turn a dream or an idea I'd always had of writing a book into an actual draft. And so I said, yes, I started writing it. Uh, fortunately, they uh, accepted it. The first two thirds of the book is focused on the history of how Web3 emerged out of Web1, told in a really accessible way so that anyone without a computer science degree who just understands the internet can understand that history. Then going through what are the actual mechanisms of Web3? What are DAOs? What are DeFi? What are NFTs? What's the mechanism like a retroactive distribution? What does it mean that Web3 is a substrate for building incentive alignment? Explaining all of those things so that we can put tools in the toolkits of marketers to be able to use for whatever purposes they want. Uh, not assuming I know all of the best ways to market your product, but that you know I know that you need the tools as a marketer to be able to actually understand these things and use them. Finally, going into a number of examples, I think between Consensus and Serotonin, our team has probably launched more Web3 projects, products than anyone else on the planet. 
and we've been able to do a lot of great pattern matching. Um, so we share what we've seen working, what we've seen not working with a lot of examples, how to build a web three marketing funnel, how to build a web three marketing team, how to think about very web three specific concepts like community. And finally, I spend a chapter talking about the web 2.5, which is a term that we actually coined in serotonin. My co-founder, Matthew Isles, um, coined it, which is about the gradient um, for companies moving into the space. Not everything starts as a web three company, um, how, how, how big brands and existing players can, can enter the space. Love it. Well, uh, future Web3 CMOs are lucky to have your experience to guide them. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today in the Crypto Cafe. Where can our listeners go to keep up with everything you're working on and to pre-order your book when it's available? Absolutely. Just search Web3 Marketing on Amazon or go to my Twitter. My Twitter name is amanda.eth. And I have my link to the pre-order page in the bio there. Also, check out serotonin.co to learn more about what we're building. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And uh, definitely, we'll be sure to, to keep our eye on this, this podcast and trends that, that you mentioned and discussed. So thank you for, for sharing all of that today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. That was Amanda Cassette, CEO of Serotonin and President of Mojito. She is also author of the upcoming book, Web3 Marketing, a Handbook for the Next Internet Revolution. And one thing is for sure, hearing her speak, Web3 Marketing needs new tactics. The things that worked for Web2 do not work for Web3. So it's really important to uh, come to Web3 Marketing with a fresh lens. Uh, also, very interesting to hear her talk about Web 2.5 and uh, lots of legacy and big brands that we know of making that shift from Web 2 into Web 3. Uh, I'm also going to definitely keep my eye on the Cosmos ecosystem that she mentioned, and maybe we'll even uh, bring you an episode here in the Crypto Cafe all about that. Thank you so much for listening to Crypto Cafe. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. Tune in next week for a brand new episode.